Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is hosted by Christopher Drobot. Christopher is a passionate cheerleader for the potential of the Edmonton region. Although not directly an entrepreneur himself, his extensive experience in business operations and now mortgage lending help focus his excitement on the ideas that can see the city grow. He is involved in the push to bring a world-class aquarium to the city and is completing his MBA and, together with his wife, homeschools his two children. The parallels between entrepreneurialism and homeschooling have been many and he sees an overarching lesson in both. You have to create the world you wish to see. We'd like to take a moment to acknowledge MNP, generous sponsors of the 2019 Rainforest YEG Summit in Edmonton. Let's join Christopher now as he has a great interview with Zachary Storms. Take it away, Christopher. All right. Hello and welcome to a special on the road edition of the Rainforest Alberta podcast. We're recording this at the startup TNT Weekly Social at Polar Park Brewing. That's Thursday night tradition for anyone who may be wondering. We're not blowing anything up other than this podcast. Uh, I am your host, Christopher Drobot, and with us for this episode is Zachary Storms. Zachary is first and foremost a scientist. But beyond that, he is also a builder, a builder of companies, a builder of business, and a builder of community. He's involved with Fits at Ninja as their director of growth, and was just recently invited to become the scientist in residence at Tech Edmonton, where he supports the development of world-changing ideas and the creation of world-leading anchors for Edmonton's innovation community. As part of the latter, Zachary was the organizing force behind the very event where we are recording today, Startup TNT. Seeing an opportunity to bring people together and to grow the community even more, Zachary took the initiative to make this happen. Welcome, Zachary. Thanks, Chris. It's awesome to be here. And uh, can you please share that bio with me later? Because I think it's the best bio anyone's ever written about me. <laughs> I'm glad to. Glad to. <laughs> um, you know, I, I actually wanted, let's, let's just start at the beginning, though. Like, how, how do you get to that type of bio? Like, what brought you here? Yeah, well, um, as you mentioned, I'm a, I was a scientist first. So I have a PhD in chemical engineering from McGill University. Um, did research in fermentation strategies. I was looking at uh, basically an alternative to antibiotic treatments using a sort of a natural organism called a bacteriophage that kills bacteria and different applications around that. Um, and then I did a, a PhD or a postdoc after the PhD at the University of Alberta for about five years. That was in genetic engineering, molecular biology, synthetic biology. I spent two years at MIT. That was probably the, the pinnacle of my academic career was two years at MIT in this world-leading synthetic biology lab. We were literally building viruses from scratch in the laboratory. It was really, really awesome stuff. Wow. And yeah, programming them to uh, to express proteins at, at different points in their life cycle or in their DNA. And uh, But I, I've always really wanted to go from or be part of the process of going from scientific discovery all the way to uh, you know applied product that's actually having an impact on society. And so um, I spent a long time in academia, but really wanted to move from bench to business, bench to product. And so I did an MBA, had this great, got this great scholarship to do an MBA from CIHR and uh, basically made a decision about five years ago to go all in on entrepreneurship and technology commercialization. And I will say this, one thing led to another. 
And uh, I was moving farther and farther away from the laboratory. I became friends with people from my MBA program. Tim Gorley, founder of FitSet, is one of those people who I now work with. That's an American Ninja Warrior style obstacle course gym, completely different from uh, uh, (laughs) synthetic biology. But it's learning about business. It's building teams. It's building products. It's it's meeting customer needs. And it's a lot of fun. That's cool. That's cool. Tell us about the the scientists and residents piece there. So scientists and residents is uh, a new job. I just started part-time uh, about a month ago. And there's this great laboratory that's been developed at Enterprise Square, uh, run jointly by Tech Edmonton and a few other stakeholders. And it is the kind of research space that I've always dreamed about having here in Edmonton. It's a place where people like me that want to be scientists, entrepreneurs, want to commercialize their research, can build a community. And uh, I, the first time I got to look at that laboratory, I said to them, I need to be part of this project. Please bring me on board somehow. And here I am. There you are. That's, so I'm really excited about it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then, you know, it wouldn't be complete without explaining even the event that we're at today. Right. Where are we today? We heard drinking beer at Polar Park Brewing in Edmonton, Alberta. Because, you know, I, I spent a long time trying to build companies without having a lot of success. You know, it can be, as many entrepreneurs know, you know, you can... You can spend a lot of time in the woods trying to figure out, you know, what works and what doesn't work. And I got to this point in my life where I was like, every meeting I have, every interaction I'm having is just focused on like business, you know, a networking event. How is this kind of improving my business? Well, you know, what are we doing here? It was all business. Even with me and the friends, it was like, let's think about like cool company we'd create together. And I was like, how about just kicking back and having fun? You know, when I was a graduate student at McGill, my supervisor used to take us out for drinks every single Friday. And those are some of my fondest memories. We used to have, you know, really intense philosophical conversations as academics would. Um, sometimes it was just me and him. Sometimes it'd be like a group of 15 people. And I was like, well, let me see if I can recreate that here in the innovation community in Edmonton, where people are just getting together, having fun, making friends, um, you know, at a brew pub. So yeah, that's what I do. And sometimes it's 50 people and sometimes it's like five people. But each, each week, it's a lot of fun. Well, and I, I think the piece that you touched on too is is we do need to take away a bit from the, the business focus all the time. Like, but it's through those friendships and the relationships you actually do grow that amazing other business ideas can happen later. Like you're exactly you're, you're exactly. tilling the soil. You know, basically, you're preparing. You know, and I, you're part of rainforest, and I know that a big part of the rainforest movement is like trying to lower transaction costs. People gain trust to do business mm-hmm. together, you know, more quickly, and that's a key component of a successful innovation ecosystem. And I think events where, as you say, we're, we're just making friends, we're getting to know people, we trust people. Now we can be business partners together because ultimately we all kind of want to enjoy our time together and have fun. And you can't do that if you hate who you're working with. Absolutely. So. Uh, and, and not all, <laughs> well, but even that, like just the, the connections that you, uh, that we like hear at an event like this, um, that you're going to be able to make, where would somebody who has a, a background in, like, I'm sorry, I've already for, forgotten the full length of it, molecular Molecular, well, biology, chemical engineering, chemical molecular biology. Yeah. So where would you Ninja find Ninja warrior. Some, exactly. Where, where would that happen? Where, where would that sort of connection yeah. happen? And so, so like, part of what I try to do is bring people from all those different parts of my life together because I think it is really important, as you say. You know, my wife's really big into social innovation. So I'm just trying to get her to invite her social innovation friends. So absolutely. Let's try and introduce, you know, new voices and new, and new people to the community all the time. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so what, what what would you say really inspired you to get involved in, in so many different things? I mean, you mentioned, I think you're even involved in the brewery that we're at right now as well. So, you know, that, all right. So I'm also an angel investor. That's correct. Yeah. Um, I joined Valhalla Angels about five years ago. 
And honestly, I wanted to look at building a company and technology commercialization from all angles, you know, from the scientist angle, which I've experienced a lot of, from an entrepreneur's angle, which I'm experiencing now, and from an investor's angle, which I've experienced as a part of uh, Valhalla Angels. So I think it's really healthy. It's been really healthy for me to kind of be able to look at the ecosystem and each player from those different viewpoints as, you know, an active member of each of those communities. Putting your knowledge of fermentation to good use. Uh, I'm not really involved in it, but <laughs> it sounds good on paper, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> so with that, with kind of all these different things, like is it is there, would you say a, a thread that pulls them together or were they kind of their own ventures that just popped up along the way? Well, I, I will say, you know, I'm a pretty long-term thinker. Uh, my wife often makes fun of me for always trying to plan out our retirement, but I am the kind of person that will like sit down in an afternoon and write down like a big journal entry about like, this is what I need to do over the next like 10 years with my life. And this is what I need to do over the next like six weeks. So about five years ago, I actually made like a 10-year plan. Okay. okay. I made a 10-year plan five years ago. I'm in the middle of it. And that 10-year plan, because as I said, my goal since about the middle of my PhD was really being a very active, impactful person in the process of technology commercialization. So getting, helping scientists be good entrepreneurs, helping scientists get their scientific discoveries to have an impact on society in products. Because I think that to me is, is a very important piece that we often don't think about as academics, about the importance of kind of getting it out of our lab and getting the actual impact so people are feeling it, you know, beyond just the scientific community. Um, so that's where like a lot of the things that sound very disjointed are like, well, you know, if you want to get experience building a company, then you need to go out and build a company. And my initial thought was to build a company out of my research that I was doing as a postdoc, but it wasn't really the, a right, it wasn't really moving along fast enough to build a company. And so then I was like, well, I just need to get out there and actually get experience building companies. So that's what I was focused on for the last two or three years. And I kind of moved in very different directions from my academic training. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. So um, it feels like you've got a really community oriented bent. From, from everything that you've been doing. Like it, it really just comes back to how do you build more than just yourself? How do you bring other people in? How do you, you want to expand yeah, on I that? Yeah, I think, well, yeah, I, I think that uh, my entire life, I've probably been given a little bit of a leadership role among like friends back home growing up in like elementary school and high school. I was kind of like the default leader of the group. Uh, for various reasons. And then in as a PhD student, I was president. I would organize various events. I was manager of the softball team. I was president of the uh, graduate student society. And those are actually some of my fondest memories, taking the, taking the softball team from one of the worst teams in the league to, uh, you know, playoff contenders for two years in a row. And so I think just kind of building a group and working, gelling as a team and figuring and strategizing as a team is always something that I've really enjoyed. So um, I actually don't really view myself as a community builder. It's funny. People view that as me. I view myself more as just like someone who likes building teams and likes bringing people together and having fun together. So kind of a didn't realize I was a community builder. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and that's actually it's, it's funny because we like we don't, I think, sometimes see ourselves the way that other. Yeah. It's impossible yeah. really to, to do that effectively. Because, um, uh, you know, a lot of things about Startup TNT is actually me just wanting to build a weekly meetup that I want to go to and see if other people want to join me here. So the fact that many other people want to build here kind of makes me a community builder. But, you know, in some ways it was just like, well, I want to go do this and make some friends. <laughs> Does anyone else want to do it with me? And then a lot of people want to join me. So it's awesome. We are, we are building a community. Absolutely. That really comes to the core. I think of like what, even what entrepreneurialism is though, is when you are 
recognizing that there's something in the world that needs to change, something yeah. that you want to bring into life, whatever that might be. Yeah. This, this might be my most successful entrepreneurial venture, and it's an unincorporated meetup group. So <laughs> cheers. Cheers hey, to that. No doubt. Well, <laughs> as, far as, as far as the growth of it, though, I mean, you've been at it for 16 weeks, and it's gone from you know, a, a small group of what, five people, I think you had said, and it, it has grown very, very quickly. You had 100 Well, I was people. strategic. Did you know I launched it on my birthday as a surprise birthday party to myself? Oh. That's the kind of nerd I am. Okay. I did not know that. <laughs> so the first one, I was able to get like 50 people there. And everyone told me like, oh, you can't do this every week. You're going to get burned out. There's no way you can do it. But I actually think it's good that, that there's a lot of weeks where it's only like 5, 10, 15 people because we get to know each other. Yeah. And then what I what, – so one trick I use is I try and ask other people to co-host with me their meetup groups. So we did that last week. With a huge success, we had the product managers meetup group. Oh, that's here. right. Yeah. And so that's why we had a we had a massive group here, but a lot of them were from uh, you know another group altogether. But that's also introducing different types of people that don't usually hang out. So yeah, exactly what we're trying to do. That's that's perfect. Everybody benefits. What about your thoughts on the innovation ecosystem in Edmonton as a whole, and and how Rainforest specifically fits into that? But even just where you think we are, where you think we're going, what needs to happen. You know, I think that the best thing that I hear is everyone seems to be, there's this massive consensus around, we need more entrepreneurs leading the ecosystem, being the leading voice of the ecosystem. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I think Rainforest has, you know, some of the key people that started Rainforest are, are prominent entrepreneurs in our ecosystem. And I think like the launching of the Ecos Group, the Edmonton Advisory Committee on Startups, full of entrepreneurs that are kind of acting as a voice for the community you know, adding weight to those comments. I think that's all really, really positive. And I, you know, I kind of view Startup TNT as one small contribution I can make, which like I said, is something I kind of want to do anyway. So it can be part of the community. That's amazing. And, you know, I think that's kind of like where really good stuff happens. You can find kind of synergies in your life like that where it's, I want to go make a lot of friends with similar interests to me. Yeah. And it's also helping to build our community. So everybody benefits. The win-win for everyone. <laughs> win -win. Absolutely. Yeah. Just make a bunch of friends, eh? <laughs> Go see where that takes That's you. How, I think it's going really well. I haven't made this many friends in I don't even know how long. Yeah. So, it, you know, I've, I've met people at Startup TNT in the last 16 weeks. You know, we're now like pretty good friends. We're making plans together to do bigger stuff. And it's exactly the kind of things I was hoping would happen here. So I'm really excited about it. Is there anything that you need for help out of the ecosystem? Like something that you would ask for in return that would support the things you're trying to do? Um, oh, well, um, I don't I, no, I'm, I'm kind of stumped right now. Yeah. Uh, I haven't actually thought about that. Interesting. I've been thinking really hard about how all of us, you know, I've been turning that question around on all of us about how we as entrepreneurs, we need to be the ecosystem. And we need, to, we need to not just say that we want to see these things. We need to do the things that we say we want to see. And so if I were to ask for something from the ecosystem, it's for more people to come out and start doing the things that they want to see in the ecosystem and, and being the things that they want to see in the ecosystem. Yeah. So if you want to see community, then actually showing up at yeah. events that yeah. are building community. Or, you know, yeah. like Startup TNT is not necessarily for everyone. And Rainforest Lunch Without Lunches isn't for everyone either. Like, you know, what is the type of event that you want to see? What is the type of thing you want to do? Like, try to initiate it and try and coordinate it with other people. Because I, I do think this concept of collaboration is super important, that we don't all want to be doing the exact same thing. We all kind of want to fit together. Yeah. And we want to be working collaboratively. No one really benefits when we're trying to, like, outcompete each other. We're a small ecosystem. We need to work together.
Makes sense. Yeah. So if there was maybe one message that you'd want to share with entrepreneurs that you know, you've know you experienced quite a bit over your years as far as building companies or you know growing, uh, taking something from a founding stage up and then maybe choosing to go in a different direction? Like, is there some something that you've learned out of that that you'd want to share with people? You know, I, here's a statistic that I think a lot it deserves being shared. It's not very novel, but it's, it's repeated a lot. And I think a lot of people don't realize it is that the average age of a successful entrepreneur is like 42 or 45. And that's because building a big business is like really hard. Like you're managing a complex team, you're doing all kinds of stuff. And most people that are successful at that have like 20 years of experience at different levels of managing teams and building businesses and understanding industry. So you're actually working against a lot of really long odds when you're like a 22 or a 25 or even like a 30-year-old entrepreneur that's kind of getting started as your first job building your own company. So I'll, I'll, I'll put that out there for people. Like it might actually sometimes make sense to help another entrepreneur. Do you need to be the lead entrepreneur. Sometimes if you're like a young entrepreneur trying to start off, it might make sense to work with, you know, in a startup company before you build your own startup. But, you know, at the same time, the flip side of that is advice that I think is really awesome actually came from Tim Gorley, the guy I work with now. If you want to be an, if you really want to be an entrepreneur, stop talking about being an entrepreneur and start a company tomorrow. You can start a company tomorrow. There's like a thousand options for you to start a company tomorrow where you could just right now start learning by yourself everything you need to learn about building a business. Because a lot of it is not the sexy stuff you see on TV. It's a lot of like late night filling in spreadsheets, you know, filing your taxes. Uh, <laughs> That's an important thing. <laughs> you know, really basic, like mundane stuff that you're like really not that excited about. And so, you know, those are kind of the two sides of the coin, I would say, to any young entrepreneur. That's, um, An older entrepreneur, I would say, what are you waiting for? Quit your job, start that business. You're in your 40s already. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, a good friend of mine actually uh, quotes from the rules for revolutionaries all the time. And like rule number one basically is just like, just, just start. Yeah, I think that's great. And you know, that was, I think for me, it's taken me a long, I'm like a precautious person, even though I like being an entrepreneur and I like the lifestyle. I'm actually a precautious person. And I think it has taken me a while to really adapt that concept of like, you need to get used to, to use a truism, you need to get used to jumping in the pool and then learning how to swim, which is an uncomfortable, a very uncomfortable situation to be in, but one that you're constantly in as an entrepreneur. Mindset then really plays into things a lot. Hey? Yeah. Like, like, so you mentioned that before you maybe weren't in that place. Like, is there something along the way that's kind of helped you learn that or something you know, and I think part of it is that, at least from my background with like a PhD, which has a lot of prestige and working at a university that comes with a lot of prestige. Well, you know, when you strike it on your own and trying to do something, well, now it's just you. And so it can be, it can be hard sometimes. I, you know, I often found it very hard when I was, you know, really working on my first startup company and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do and what I was doing. I found it really hard sometimes just to like talk to family just to talk to friends, just to talk to people that knew me, just to talk to strangers. Like, what are you doing? And it's like, well, I have a PhD in chemical engineering, but now I'm trying to build a company that's in this other space. And people are like, what are you doing with your life? You know, there's like, whether they say it or not, that's just like how you perceive all the interactions. Yeah. And, and that can be really challenging. So for all those people feeling that way, come to Startup TNT and talk to me about it. <laughs> Let's talk go. about that together. You yeah. don't have to feel that way. Sometimes I think it's like, we're our own problems. You know, I think for me personally, that was a little bit of my own 
lack of self-confidence or the own way I was looking at myself. It's like, you know, I should be doing something really important with my PhD. I shouldn't be building an obstacle course gym. But honestly, obstacle course gyms have a huge impact on society, huge impact on society. Absolutely. There's all these kids out there right now going to that obstacle course gym, having the time of their lives. It's, it's changing their lives. Yeah. Exercise. You know, and my supervisor stuff, yeah. might yell at me for saying this, but I, I think that that might actually be having a bigger impact right now than the 10 academic publications that I have for my PhD. You know, it's hard, it's hard to quantify those two things, but they, it, it just kind of feels like that's actually having a bigger impact on society right now. That's cool. <laughs> that, that's awesome. And, and you know, uh, the thing I love about that story, maybe even just share this with that, because we've kind of talked about it a bit already, but like, how did that whole enterprise start? Like, what was the original intention of that? Yeah, this is great story. So, like, for anyone that's, like, trying to figure things out as an entrepreneur, Tim Gorley, he spent a good four years building a completely different company that was focused on a fitness studio pass where you get access to different studios in the city. And he was working with that. He couldn't really build it beyond a certain point. And then he tried out sort of an experiment. And, you know, this is where, like, there's a lot of commonality between scientists and entrepreneurs. He tried out an experiment kind of on a whim and turned out it was super popular. He was trying to drive people to his Fitset Pass and actually they just wanted to do the obstacle course. And he was like, wow, this is really cool. It was just a temporary experiment in the abandoned Sears and Kingsway Mall. And it was like, wow, this is super popular. I think there's a business here. And I met him right after he was doing that. Well, I had known him before, but I, I run into him again recently after he started doing that. I was like, Tim, this is a massive opportunity. Let's work together to build this thing. And he said, Zach, let's do it. And here we are six months later and, you know, he's got a real business. Yeah. He's got revenue. It's growing. He's got, he's got a team. A team yeah. He's building a plan to expand. It's, it's a really cool place to be. He's actually pioneering a new sport in Canada, which is inspired from the show American Ninja Warrior. So it's, it's a really cool place to be. That is cool. And like just uh, the entrepreneurial space, like it, there's a lot of, you think about tech, we talk about like, you don't need to make the end product as the first thing. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So, like, he's taken this idea and just one step at a time. Now he's just shaping yeah. it. Yeah. So, I mean, I do I do want to caution people. Sometimes I used to hear stories like this and be like, oh, see, it's so easy to build a company. You just have to do this. But, you know, there was like four years of struggle. And then he tried out an experiment. And I, I will say this. Like, he's not just any person. The fact that he spent four years working in the fitness space and he has a sports background. He was a semi-professional volleyball player. You know, the fact that he has all that experience under his belt he himself built a good reputation among the sort of fitness community. And he was able to launch this experiment much, much better than say, I could have launched it if I just thought it was a good idea. So I will say that, you know, it seemed kind of like an overnight success, but the fact that his, he already had kind of like the four years of experience with other company, I think really, really helped him. That's a and, super important you know, message. And I think something, yeah, I think that's something we sometimes don't think about when we see like success stories is that like, it's not just the idea, but they actually had kind of all the pieces in place to execute it with competitive advantage as someone else who's trying to do that idea. Yeah. Because let's, let's face it, building an obstacle course is a, is a low barrier to entry company. Yeah. You know. But knowing that building the obstacle course is going to be interesting to people. Yeah. He, he was ahead on that. Right. And, yeah. you know, being able to build the team around it, you know, get the community support. Anyways, I, I just think all of that experience for him really helped him in making this thing a success that it is today. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what what is one big idea that you would say either centers or motivates you? Okay, that's an interesting question. One big idea that motivates me. So kind of my philosophy on what I want to do with my life 
is help scientists conduct fundamental research long-term and help entrepreneurs launch their companies. So ideally, the entrepreneurs are also scientists, but I'm an open-minded guy and I want to help entrepreneurs, help scientists. I think that this is really important for society. And it's, to me, just kind of combines my training and the things that I'm interested in, which is building teams, building companies, investing, having fun, meeting really interesting people. Is there, is there a certain frontier you would say as far as science is concerned that you're like most interested in? Like this is going down a little bit of a rabbit hole here, but like <laughs> that kind of big idea. Sure. You know what? You know what? So here's the thing that I'm actually pretty passionate about and hope to get into as a scientist down the road. And that is antibiotic resistant bacterial infections. So, you know, antibiotics have been around for a long time. And there's less and less new antibiotics being developed. They're not actually a very lucrative drug for pharmaceutical companies. Um, and there's more there's, – the prevalence of antibiotic-resistant infections is, is very serious. You know, I myself have suffered from some pretty serious bacterial infections. And I have a PhD in chemical engineering where I was doing fermentation on an antibacterial agent called a bacteriophage, which is basically the bacteria's natural enemy in nature. And we've known for decades that we could be using this, we could be harnessing this natural force to fight bacterial infections, but we haven't really taken the right approach, sort of the smart scientific approach in applying that knowledge to like, you know, a human clinical setting. And so we're just starting to do that now here in the Western world. There's been some high profile cases where bacteriophages are being used to treat bacterial infections as kind of a last resort effort uh, for antibiotic resistant infections. And I would love to see that technology become mainstream. And I think personally, I'm, I'm well positioned to get involved in that effort. So that's something like in terms of a, a big idea that's like a science idea, that's something that I'm really into. That's you cool. Know, antibiotic resistant, treating the antibiotic resistant, or to put it simply, killing superbugs, which is going to be a big deal over the next couple of decades. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> and we can do it here in Edmonton. Edmonton can be a place where we do it. We've got some leading researchers right here in Edmonton. Talk about Edmonton, actually, for a second. So sure. I love Edmonton. You. So you've been all around. I'm American. I was, you've been all around. So, like, why, why are you in Edmonton? Honestly, so I grew up in New England in this white bread, picturesque town called Essex. And I went to McGill University, which has an awesome reputation in New England. It's known as, like, the Harvard of Canada. I had a great time at McGill. And... Canadian culture just gels with me. I like it here. I love hockey. I love skiing. I love uh, the outdoors. And I was looking for adventure in college, and I've basically never gone back to the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> I love America. Don't get me wrong. I love America. But um, after I finished my PhD, I was kind of looking for a new adventure. And uh, at the time, Montreal was kind of going through some some rough spots. Right now, Montreal is like booming. It's a really awesome place to be. But at the time, Montreal is kind of going some, through some rough spots. And I'd kind of like Edmonton just kind of had like this romantic appeal to me. <laughs> I also conveniently uh, had a close friend who was just starting his laboratory here at the University of Alberta. And uh, I knew that there'd be a good opportunity here for me to do cool research with him. So... That everything kind of aligned. That, that, that like does place explain to be. it, though, because uh, <laughs> romantic appeal is not usually a term you, <laughs> you hear about Edmonton referred to. No one's ever heard that about Edmonton. Uh, yeah, I, I love Edmonton I too, know. so I, I I, it's just funny I hearing. Know. Yeah, I, honestly, I was living in French Canada, which I thought was so different from America, and I'm from the Northeast, so I thought living in the West was also like a new experience for me. 
So that was part of the appeal. Living in Alberta, living in cowboy country. Edmonton's not exactly cowboy country, but just kind of being part of the Western experience, I thought was a really cool appeal as well. Well, uh, Edmonton's the place to be. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, any any last words for our listeners right now? No, thanks for having me. I hope we break 100 listeners. That's what I hope for. That'd be Let's do it. Tell yeah. all your friends, listen to this podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> so thank you so much. Uh, we're going to take a pause here and uh, go upstairs and actually say hi to some of the people at Startup TNT. Let's say hello to some of the Startup TNT guests. Hello from Startup TNT. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was brought to you by a generous contribution from Levin Electronics and is hosted by volunteers from Rainforest Alberta. This episode was also made possible by a contribution from Alberta Enterprise Corporation. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.